0: The following audio is from Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information about our church, please visit lifebaptistchurch.com. How do you like that sermon title for this morning? That clarifies a lot of where we're going in 2019. It is the first Sunday of a brand new year, and it's a Sunday I try to set aside every year for us to look back and praise for what God has done in the last year. And for us to also look forward in discernment for where God is leading in the year ahead. If you're a guest with us today, this could be a fantastic Sunday for you to be visiting life. And I say that because if you're looking for a church home, sometimes it can take months or even years to find out what God is doing in a church and where the church is going and what needs exist in that church and the heartbeat of the leadership, a part of that church. So you're actually going to hear all of that this morning. Now, if you're looking for a Sunday service to kind of compare it to that is not a church of the union type of address, come back next week and I'll show you normal Sunday. So uh, it's a win-win for both of us there. Um, Also, if you're a member or a regular attender of life, today is a part of your spiritual journey. Uh, We get a chance to get a glimpse into the kingdom story that God has allowed us to be a part of. One of the things I share every year, is that we do not know what is happening in every facet of God's kingdom around the world, but we do have a front row seat for what God is doing in this facet of his kingdom right here at life, right here in Las Vegas. So when we pause and reflect, God often provides perspective and excitement. He reminds us of blessings that have been forgotten, and he unites us around the vision he's given to this church so that we can move forward together. Each year, whenever I share this state of the church type of address, I try to provide the rationale and the thoughts as well as the prayers that go into it. As a pastor, I have three ongoing prayers, ongoing questions that I'm seeking God's heart in. The first is what is God doing? Second, where is God leading? And third, how can we join him in that activity? The question for a church is never what can we do? There's always plenty to do. There's always more to do than we have people to do it and resources to get it done and time on our hands to accomplish it well. The question is not what can we do, but rather the question is how can we faithfully pursue God with the time and the resources and the opportunities and the vision that he has entrusted to us. So every year, at the very end of one year and the beginning of another year, there's three passages that I go and I sit with and I reflect upon. And I share these every single year because I want you to know the process that we go through to help discern the direction of what God is doing within this church. One of those passages is found over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. The Apostle Paul says, No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation for the church. His name is Jesus We don't need to lay a new foundation or another foundation. There's only one foundation for the church, and that is Jesus himself. But then Paul goes on to give a warning right afterwards. He said, but each man must be careful how he builds on it. Don't just throw something against the walls of the church and hope it sticks, but pray about it think about it. Process these thoughts in the presence of God and find out, is it aligning with God's heart for what he's wanting to do in this place? Then Paul goes on to list the building blocks that represent both eternal and temporal materials. The eternal ones, he says, are like gold and silver and precious stones, and the temporal ones are like wood, hay, and stubble. He tells us that the work will become evident Revealed by fire, and fire will test the quality of the work. So bring all of that together, and here's what he's saying Jesus is the foundation of the church. We are to be careful how we build on that foundation, because anything that is built with temporal or selfish or sinful motives will have no eternal impact. It is quite possible for a church to be incredibly engaged in activity and that activity not impact eternity. The second passage that I'm constantly going back to is Matthew 7, and 23. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then he will declare to them, I never knew you. Jesus did not deny their work. He did not deny their sincerity. He didn't even deny their results. He denied their connection. He said, I never knew you. The question is not, are you busy? The question is, are you his? So as a church, we have to be incredibly mindful. And this is an ongoing prayer in my heart, that life is not just a church that is growing and active with a lot of great people and great ministries and great activity But at the same time, I'm concerned that there could be people that sit in this room week after week after week involved in church activity and still not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. My heart is always get the gospel out, get the gospel out, get the gospel out. Let people know what it looks like to know Christ and to make him known. So regardless of what we do in 2019, it doesn't take away from what Jesus sent us to do, and that is to take the gospel to the nations. Here's the third of those passages that I pray through and I process. It's Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Jesus addressed the church at Ephesus, and he said, I know your deeds in your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and that you put to test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have left Your first love. Jesus commended them for their work and their perseverance and their stance against evil and their doctrinal correctness. They were doing a lot of things really, really well. And they still had some in the tank because he says, you've not grown weary in doing this. But somewhere along the way in the process of engaging in good work for God, they lost sight of pursuing Jesus as their first love. Now, bring all of those together, and here's a very simplistic way that I look at these and why I think that we need to look at them cautiously. The first text tells us, be careful how you build on the foundation of Christ. The second passage reminds us that people can work for Christ and not know Christ. The third one tells us people can know Christ, be engaged in the work of Christ, and lose Christ as their first love in the process. All of those things are concerning to me. So I think it is incredibly important that we stop along the way and we ask some deeper questions. Deeper than, is the church growing in attendance? Is it growing in giving? Is it growing in professions of faith? Did you all know a lot of things can grow that aren't healthy? Cancer grows, but I wouldn't say it's healthy. The issue is not, is the the crowd getting bigger? The issue is, are we dialed into the heart of God? Are we doing what God has called us to do? He's placed us here to make disciples who know Christ and make him known. So we have to go back and compare those things to what he's placed us here to do. So this first Sunday of a brand new year is one I always get excited about. It's one where we get a chance to talk about what God is doing in this church family. You know, there's some people that say, you know, you can't pick your family, and, and you don't always have to like your family. I can genuinely say, I love you guys. I mean, I feel unbelievably blessed that this is the church family that we get a chance to journey in this life together with. I believe without a doubt that God has us in this room. He knew who we would be at this time, in this room, in this city, and God has a plan for every single bit of it. You are not here by accident. A part of what this morning is about is for us to discern what God is doing and see where you fit into God's activity. And it might be, listen, this might sound strange for me to say it, it might be that God has you fitting into another church somewhere else in the city. I say that at the very beginning of all of our dinner with the pastors. Life will not be the church for everyone, but if it's not the church for you, we will help you find another Christ-exalting, Bible-believing church that is a good fit for you. But our hope and our prayer is that this morning you find exactly where God would have you to be a part of his kingdom activity here in Las Vegas. So after praying through what God is doing in the church and around the church and answering those three questions I shared a few moments ago, after praying through all of that, each year I try to give as best I can a theme that captures the bulk of what I see God leading us towards. And for four months, I've been praying, God, what are you doing? How can we be involved? What do we need to be focused on going into 2019? And for four months, two words have come to mind, further together. That's the title of your message this morning, further together. So this morning, I want to read a text. I'm going to share some thoughts about that text I'm going to give a quick overview of what God has done in 2018, and I also want to share with you why further together is crucial to what God is going to be doing at life in 2019. So if you're not already there, I invite you to go with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four, our key verse is going to be in verse 16, but we're actually going to be reading some other sections, working our way up to verse number 16. Speaking this morning on further together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning as we open your word, as we start this brand new year, first Sunday of 2019, God, can we clearly hear your heart this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. At the very end of 2018, I shared a three-week message series entitled One, and it was a series that was dedicated to helping people work on struggling relationships while strengthening healthy relationships. And we saw a biblical perspective on forgiveness, confrontation, and reconciliation. And all along the way, I emphasized how oneness or togetherness or unity are absolutely essential within the local church. Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul emphasizes that same idea of unity beginning in verse number 1 and following. Here's what he says. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Here it is. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. God has blessed life with incredible unity for 15 years. With an average growth of 33% each year for 15 years, with over 30 denominations represented in this church, with five weekend services at two different campuses, it is the grace of God that this church has remained united through all of that. Amen. Amen. Listen, but I also want to say we have been diligent to preserve the unity. We pray for unity we work for unity. We want to keep people informed so that people don't feel like they're left out of what's going on. We have difficult conversations along the way if it possibly might impact the unity of the church. We want to follow the teachings here to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Unity is not something that is manufactured in a church. It is a gift that we have in Christ that is to be diligently protected. Now look about this unity idea in the next three verses. It says, there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Unity is stressed at every level of the Christian experience. Verses seven through ten, Paul describes the grace that is given to every believer and how that grace is extended to us. Then, in verses eleven through thirteen, Paul describes how God gave leaders to the church for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Here it is, until all attain, all attain. not a some, not a few, not a handful until all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Now let's bring all of that together. When we walk in a worthy manner, verse 1, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit, verse 2, recognizing the oneness of our faith, verses 4 through 6, operating through God's enabling grace, verse number 7, Under God's appointed leaders, verse number 11, who serve the church by equipping the saints, verse number 12, it leads to everyone being mature, everyone knowing Christ, and everyone experiencing the fullness of Christ, verse 13. That sounds like a great deal. But then it goes into verses 14 and 15 and it gives the benefits of that type of maturity. Here's just a few of those. The benefits are we're no longer spiritual infants. We're no longer tossed about by every wind of doctrine. We're no longer deceived by the craftiness of men. We speak truth and love to one another and everyone grows up into Christ who is the head. That is God's plan for God's church regardless of denomination, regardless of affiliation, regardless of location. That's God's plan for his church. I'm excited about that plan. All of that leads now into verse 16. With Christ as the head, We know that. Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every, you might want to underline that word every, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each, you might want to underline each, each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Here's what that means. As the head, Christ holds the body together, which is the church, and makes it function by what every believer supplies. That is to say, when each member of the body is functioning properly, when each member is using his or her, her gifts for service for others, the enablement, the supply, the resources of the Holy Spirit pass from one member to the next member producing spiritual growth for the body. What a beautiful picture of what God does within the local church. The local church is comprised of spiritual infants immature believers. It's comprised of people who are clear in intellect, some who are strong in faith, some who are warm in love. It's comprised of people who are extremely shy and they prefer to serve behind the scenes. And it also has people that are unbelievably extroverted and loud who like to be in front of people and they like to bring people together and they like to engage people. God uses all different types within the body. Every single believer, he puts there for a reason. Everyone has a purpose. All believers are uniquely and carefully and lovingly, here it is, gifted. That's a key word, gifted by God to bring something to the body that the rest of the body needs. Some of you like this, some of you don't like this. Because there's going to be some pressure coming here. Here's what I mean. Some people might not feel like they have a spiritual gift. Some people might be wondering, what in the world am I supposed to be bringing that everybody else needs? According to Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4, God has given at least one spiritual gift to every single believer. Every believer has a spiritual gift. And in addition to the gift that he puts in you, he also provides experiences for you and he entrusts lessons to you and none of it is intended to stay with you. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. A steward is someone who cares for the possessions or the interest of another. So here's what that word means in this context. These gifts are God's gifts. God has put those gifts in us. We're to be stewards of God's gift. And a part of being a steward of his gift is he says, I've given this gift to you so that you may use it to serve other believers around you. The same idea is also shared in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift has been given to each of us so that we can help each other. Here's an important question, really important question. If God has gifted every single believer, and that gift is intended to be used in serving other believers around you, what happens if you don't use your gift? it hurts everyone else around you. Think of it like this. For me to be everything God created me to be, I need you to be everything God created you to be. For you to be everything God made you to be, you need me and those around you to be everything God created us to be. There's a part of our growth in Christ that only happens in community with other believers. And a part of that growth in Christ is also how we serve each other because it's in the service of each other that according to verse number 16, it says, whom the whole body is being fitted and held together by what." Every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. In other words, when the people of God are operating as God designs, God fits us together and he holds us together and he grows us together in love. Which that makes sense. Because Jesus says, this is how others will know that you are my disciples if you have love For one another. So in this text he's saying. This is how he grows us. This is how he matures us. This is how he develops us as a church. But a part of that is. Under the headship of Christ. He grows us as each individual part. Is doing what God designed it to do. So we have seen. God do some amazing things. Of growing us together. And each part doing a certain part. In this last year. I want to capture for just a moment some of what God has done in 2018 and also share where things are going for 2019. In 2018, and by the way, um, this is like family time right here. So if there's anything that strikes your fancy that's worthy of an amen, feel free to break out an amen here and there. Sometimes it gets really quiet in Baptist churches. We've got to free them up some. So in 2018, For the ninth year in a row, we have been identified by the North American Mission Board as one of the top 1% of 52,000 churches in the Southern Baptist Convention for people coming to faith in Christ. Amen. 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 We saw 181 people this last year make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. That is 181 lives that are changed for eternity. And please hear me. It's not because I preached a great message. It's because God used his spirit, his word, and his people to further it. In other words, people were using their gifts from the time people come in. There's people who are using their gifts of encouragement and hospitality to welcome people in, to make them feel at home. Whenever we get ready for a service and we, before I come up to preach, there are people using their gifts and talents, leading in music, leading in worship. There are people back there right now in kid's life that are using their gifts and their time in order to train and invest in your children so that you can sit in here and not have to think what's going on with your children. That's a fantastic thing. Every Christmas Eve, when we got all the babies in the room and everybody's like chattering and whatever, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for some kid's life on Sunday mornings. I praise God that there are people that use their gifts in order to invest in children. We see people who are volunteering and using their gifts in worship and service so that the gospel clearly goes out and lives are changed. There's over 350 children that are part of our kids' life ministry from birth through fifth grade. I say this every single year. I'm going to say it again this year. The greatest untapped mission field in America today is the children's ministry of the local church. Two thirds, two thirds of every person or everyone who ever places faith in Jesus Christ will do so between the ages of four and 14. Two thirds. That means when those children are back there, it's not just crowd control and babysitting. Now, we're going to keep them from hanging from the rafters. We we want to make sure about that. But we want to have that time for discipleship. We want to partner with the parents to get the gospel into their kids at an early age. We want your children to know the joy of knowing Christ and making him known. We want them to know him early so that they miss many of the problems and the hang-ups and the issues that come in this world. We want to partner with parents in that. Here's what I can tell you. Kids' life goes further together. When other people use their gifts, it goes further together. Last year, our church sent nine short-term mission teams to North Carolina, Florida, Mexico, Puerto Rico, New York City, Zambia, Haiti, and Seattle. Some of those trips were focused on disaster relief. Some of those were focused on training pastors in the gospel and in discipleship. Some of those trips were focused on helping establish new church plants in gateway cities across America. The reason we go is because the Great Commission tells us to go. But we also know everyone is not gifted for every trip. Everyone is not financially able to take every trip. Everyone doesn't have the health that is required to take some of these trips. But when the body is working together, we find that missions goes further together. In 2018, God blessed us with our strongest financial year in life's history. Not only did we exceed our budgeted needs of 1.2 million, but also we saw in addition to what was given. Another $340,000 given above and beyond the tithe for debt reduction and expansion, and over $43,000 given specifically for the sake of missions. That does not include money donated for smaller projects, Thanksgiving meals, missions trips, caring for families, or anything that's come in at the Northwest campus. Those finances have allowed us to help fund four different church plants in Nevada, Hawaii, and Washington State. Those finances also have helped us financially partner with Refuge for Women, the Women's Resource Center, Metro, in CCSD. At the very beginning of December, I shared three prayer requests, financially related, connected to our further campaign. One of those is we were praying that God would allow us to see at least $100,000 come in in the month of December alone for this expansion project. The second one is that we were praying that God would have at least 100 families or individuals partner with us in this commitment journey. And the next one that we prayed about is that those commitments over the course of four years would exceed a million dollars. And remember, this is above and beyond the tithe. I'm excited to let you know this morning that we were praying that God would give us at least $100,000, $166,378 came in in the month of December alone. Um, Also, praying for over a million to come in. This is kind of funny. As of this morning, there was $994,935 that had been committed. And we were short $5,065. And I shared in the first service, you all can change the course of my message over the next three sermons. I was like, it's still not too late to get in on this. And right after that... Somebody came and they handed a further card to Bethany for $11,500, taking that total to $1,006,435. There's also 73 family groups that have now committed with us. Remember, we're praying for 100. It's still not too late for you either. There's a commitment card that's in the seat back in front of you. Here's what I can tell you. Financially, we go further together. Also, our Northwest campus is continuing to grow and to thrive. Attendance is up 13% between 2018 and 2019. The Northwest campus saw six people come to Christ, six people baptized. Over 60% of the adults there are involved in a small group. And just this last week, I had the privilege and the opportunity to introduce Brooks Parnell as the next campus pastor for Life Northwest. The future of Life Northwest is strong. Right now, Life's Groups Ministry is thriving. The Student Ministry is thriving. The Worship Ministry is thriving. The Missions Ministry is thriving. And here's what I can say. All praise, all glory go to God alone. He alone is worthy to be praised. Here's what he's taught us. Jesus is holding us together and fitting us together and growing us together By what every believer supplies, we go further together. Now, God did a lot in 2018, but we need God to bring all of that and then some in 2019. Here's just a sampling of what we know is already taking place. In 2019, we are equipping people in our latest discipleship resource called ChristLifeResources.com. It contains simple truths for the abundant life. It is a resource that will help you walk others around you through the ups and downs of life, keeping the focus back on intimacy with God. In 2019, we're adding a relational and a contextual dimension to our This is the Gospel training. We're helping believers live out their faith and effectively share the truths of the gospel in their circle of influence. In 2019, we are in Introducing the starting point class. That will be a bridge between our dinner with the pastors and our groups ministry. We want people when they come in to find an immediate place that they can make friends, build community, and gather together in a small group. In 2019, we're introducing an altar counseling ministry to make an immediate contact and to help hurting people who have concerns in our worship services. In 2019, we're introducing a missions on. Ramp where we are going to equip and prepare believers to take those short term mission trips. In 2019, we are expanding the men's ministry and the women's ministry. In 2019, we are bringing on a communications director to leverage life's social media accounts for the sake of the kingdom and the furtherance of the gospel around the world. In 2019, we are helping start another church in New York City while also continuing to serve the church plants in Hawaii, Seattle, and Las Vegas. In 2019, we will add a new dimension to our offering time, and that is we're going to highlight in the offering a separate place in which your resources week after week are going to further God's kingdom activity around the world. We want you to see what God is doing throughout the year. In 2019, we are going to be doing intentional training to help people discover their passions and their spiritual gifts and the perfect place for them to serve within the body. In 2019, we're highlighting certain books as well as certain memory verses that not only will enhance your personal walk with God, but when we go through those together, we grow together throughout the year. And if that's not enough, in 2019, we are building a permanent worship facility right here at this campus that'll seat 700 people, which by the way, speaking of unity, was voted on with a 100% vote from the church members at life that will, by the grace of God, take us from four services down to two services, at least for a period of time. Every single volunteer who has been serving in four services, you know what's happened over this last year. And here's here's what I want to tell you. We started that two weeks before Easter of 2018. I have not heard one person grumble about serving four times on Sundays. People have just been willing to come together and serve together. And all I can tell you, is that's the grace of God. It is a blessing from God. I thank God for what he is doing in this church. If you all have not already seen, I'm a tad bit excited about 2019. And I can tell you with complete confidence and all honesty, I consider it an absolute blessing to be able to serve with you right here at Life. I feel like I'm one of the most blessed pastors in the world. I get a chance to walk alongside of unbelievable believers who love God, who love the gospel, who love theology, who love the word of God, who have a desire to make an impact for eternity. And we get a chance to do this together I get excited because I believe with all of my heart, the best days of life are still ahead of us right now. I believe with all of my heart that one day, it might be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we will look back in praise and in amazement at what God has allowed us to be a part of. I am excited. Amen. Amen. We go further together. But here's the warning. If God uses unity to grow us, the enemy will use division to destroy us. When God is at work, Satan is also at work. There will be challenges. There will be issues that come. But as we submit to the lordship of Christ, as we lovingly serve each other, relying on the grace of God, God will get the victory in that. When the new facility opens, there's a really good chance there's going to be an influx of new people who come in. It's not because we've changed anything. It's because people like something that is new. Good, bad, and different people just like something that is new. And that's exciting. I want new people to come. I want God to use the facility here to help us get the message of Christ all across Las Vegas. But here's where the challenge is on that. When new people come Many times they come with their own set of beliefs, their own values, their own agenda, their own desire. And during that time, we have to know who we are, what we're about, where we're going, and how we plan to get there. Because our vision has not changed. Further together is not the vision. The vision of life is we exist that all may know Christ and make him known. How do we do that more effectively? We go further together. So, this is only how do we lean into that vision a little bit more in this upcoming year? To go further together in the vision of life is gonna mean that more people will be called to serve, it'll be that more group leaders are called to lead. That more people are willing to pray and intercede over the needs of the body. That more people are willing to give financially so that the kingdom goes forward. That more people are trained as disciples to live on mission with God, making much of Christ every chance they get. Together, we can go further in expansion, further in community, further in discipleship, further in impact, further in diversity, further in missions, further in spiritual growth, further... Together. I am excited about what God is going to be doing in 2019. And I'll tell you something else I'm excited about. It's been two and a half months since I've been in the Gospel of John, and starting next week, we're back verse by verse in the Gospel of John. Amen. 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 Listen, I'm excited about what God is doing. I love you all. It's going to be an amazing year. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the blessing, the opportunity that you've given us, not only to know you, but to walk together in this journey. Thank you, God, for the fact you continue to bring people from so many different backgrounds, so many ethnicities, so many stages in life, with so many different gifts. God, I thank you for the fact that there is diversity and beauty within your body. Lord, this year, may we love each other well. May we lean into who you are and the vision that you've given us as a church. God, I pray that you would protect and bless the unity of this church. God, help us to walk forward, not in our own agenda, not to build our own kingdom, but God, may we walk forward in humble submission to what you desire to do in this place at this time. God, may you make much of yourself through those who are part of life. And Lord, may eternity be impacted because every believer was working according to your design. In Jesus' name, amen.